0: Welcome back to NatChat, the Natillic podcast. My name is Rob Thorne, and today we're talking about one of the most important parts of our own business, our managed service. In this new type of show, we take a look behind the scenes of Natillic to give listeners an insight into how we build our solutions and services for our clients. In our first look behind the scenes, we're speaking with two of our service delivery and transition managers to get an insight into how we work side by side with our clients to support, maintain, and ensure that their infrastructure continues to deliver. We discuss the ins and outs of providing service excellence, talk about some of the examples where we've seen a real difference and dig deeper into how we continue to evolve the service that we offer to our clients. It's Thursday, February 11th and this is an Atillic Podcast. Delighted to welcome to the Natillic podcast, uh, Emma Simpkin, Service Transition Manager at Natillic. Do you prefer, I don't know whether you prefer Service Transition or Service Transition (laughs) and Delivery Manager?
1: It's both at the moment, Rob, but whichever one you would like to use for the purposes of the podcast, because we've got Joe filling in the other half today.
0: Yeah, I like it, I like it. So welcome aboard. And yeah, as you mentioned, Joe, Joe Smart, Service Delivery Manager. How are you doing, my man?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you after the big Liverpool loss at the weekend?
0: Great. This is it's turning into like a bit of a tradition of our podcast. I don't know. I mean I'm non football our non-football-loving listeners will probably resent the fact that we do, but it's about time that I got a bit of a kick in um, you know, So fair enough, Joe, fair enough. I will remember that and be sure to throw you under the bus later on as a thank you for it. Um, so, guys, tell tell the listeners a little bit about, about what you guys do just to start off with, because this is a bit of a different podcast. This is the first time that we've really focused on... Um, something that we do um, with our clients every day, so the purpose of this 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 show really is to try and give a bit of an insight into one of the the processes, one of the um, let say maybe some of the unsung heroes should we say um, of the Natillic team, so Emma, would you like to start?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Thank you. So um, my role at Natillic, as you've kind of very articulately put, is a service transition slash delivery manager. So a bit of a hybrid role there. And I've been with Natillic for just over three three years now, really responsible for everything operational for my client subset.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was just looking at my tenure at Natillic and realized I'm coming up to, to my four years as well. Um it's actually quite scary how much the last year just feels like it's kind of just disappeared almost right <laughs> we're nearly twelve months into this thing, so um yeah it's kind of scary um and joe you're you're obviously a very similar role but slightly slightly different in terms of your engagement with clients right
2: yeah, so I'm a service delivery manager at Attilic so uh, similar to him, just without the transition in my title um I'm basically responsible <laughs> for the operational aspects of the client um or the well, the client and the Attilic relationship so work alongside the account director and we're basically I don't know if you've ever seen but there's a gif that goes round of um, a person chug is juggling plates with and also fire at the same time he's got a plate on his head each hand fire I suppose that's us that's what we do on a day-to-day basis isn't it
1: <laughs> I love that analogy <laughs> I think really it's a little bit of that, a little bit of a juggler in a circus and also almost acting as a translator sometimes. So you translate a lot for impact in our role, you know, whether that's between the business and the engineers or the techies and sometimes between the vendor and the client, there's a lot of um, juggling plates and translating.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of the industry that we're in, right? I mean, there's a lot of a uh, lot of jargon. We throw around loads of little uh, acronyms all the time, SDMs, uh, PMs, AMs, all of that kind of stuff. But um, it's probably also worth mentioning that I used to work with you guys quite closely in my previous life, all the what, four or five months ago when I used to work in the sales <laughs> facility as well. So for better or for worse, right? How much do you miss us, that's the question. A lot a lot I miss miss working with you guys maybe some of the some of the other bits around it maybe less less so much but um won't bore the listeners with the details um so you kind of got into it a little bit there actually um just in terms of the service element of our managed service and we we pride ourselves on on how we deliver our managed service right so 365 days a year um 24, 24 7 um but I think It'd be good to give our clients a high level overview of again, just maybe a little bit on our managed service portfolio and maybe a little bit more into the insights of what an SDM does um and what it's like to work in in our managed service part of the business. I've kind of thrown you in, in, in under the bus a little bit there as that's sort of combining two of the questions that I had for you guys. But would you be okay to just again talk through how that works? What 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 is an SDM, a service delivery manager? Um again, whoever wants to take that first.
2: Yeah, of course I can. Uh, I can quickly but I'm Sorry, i just. I'm muted before you did. Um, I suppose, yeah, high level in a way. If you want to put yourself in the shoes of the client, ultimately all that they want from their support guys is they just want someone to voice what they're what they're saying, someone to listen, someone to be there to. If it's good, well, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I suppose, as they say. Um, so it's just being able to articulate whatever that whatever the client wants to wants to get. More out the, the end goal they'd like to get to or just the level of service that they sort of expect and they come to expect so that's that in a way in a nutshell in a high level i suppose is what we are what do you, anything to add on that in?
1: yeah absolutely so if you're looking at what a service delivery manager does we can kind of run through everything in terms of you know service management so you're talking asset okay. management escalation problem major incident vendor partner csi all those funky acronyms and tlas the tech industry is so well no, known for but then if you want to break it down in terms of what do we actually do today, I kind of like to think of an orchestra. So you've got all of these different instruments, all of these um incredible specialists working in different areas of the business or within different areas of the service. And as an SDM, your focus is on keeping everyone in time and together. So we maintain the harmony, so to speak, in a client service.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually, because <clears throat> and it's funny that you worded it that way, because I think the beginning part of that where you're naming all the things that you do, the kind of and apologies probably want for a better phrase, the kind of the ugly things that people don't want to bother about, right? No one wants to care about asset management or serial numbers and things like that. They just kind of want it to go away, right?
1: Yeah, and you want it to work. So really our focus is on making it work by keeping all of those elements in shape. And as Joe spoke around, um, a lot of that will be focused especially with until like around our NOC and our you know our brilliant 24 by 7 global support operations but there's so many other elements behind that too your contracts your assets your renewals my goodness we could talk all day about the pain of having to go through different contract renewals and just ensuring that that actually works for a client so we're right sizing whatever they have today and making sure that it's what they want for the future
0: yeah and more than anything especially coming from a you know from a, a sales role I know that you know, one of our key, the key headaches that my clients used to come to me with were the, we have so many contracts in so many different places for so many different dates that we either can't keep, you know, can't keep on top of it or we don't want to keep on top of it or we want someone else to keep on top of it. So yeah, it's, um, you guys are the unsung heroes or one of the unsung heroes in the business. I can definitely vouch for that. So um, especially having worked as a support engineer in the first two or three years in my career in the industry as well, I know that fixing when you're when your job is fixing things that are broken, people seldom pick up the phone just to say hello and how much of a good job you're doing, right? It's uh, it's usually a, this is broke, get it fixed, or this is missing, or whatever. So um fair play. Um so to 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 shift gears a little bit, I mean looking looking back at sort of working with clients and and how we kind of refine that managed service, I mean it's gonna be it's safe to say it's it's different for literally every single client, right? There is no two managed services that look the same, or at least in my experience, it's not. Um, what do we What do we do then if, from a perspective of making sure that, again, that's the right fit all the time? Because obviously our clients' needs are changing more so as of late than ever. Um, how do you guys actually keep on top and, you know, make sure that we're actually delivering the outcomes again and again that, that are specific to the client's needs? I
2: suppose best way to put it without having to uh to use the jargon which you mentioned we call it it's almost a capture to understand what the client likes to well what the client would like to achieve so you you find out their goals of where they'd like to get to and then we obviously help them get to those goals as cliche as it sounds as uh natillix obviously our, our our slogan our whole brand is together we can achieve amazing isn't it so we we obviously what we'd like to do is we'd understand exactly what it is that the client wants to get to and then we just help them get there so i mean the sdm it, especially behind the scenes they do all of the like you say the nitty and gritty stuff the stuff that people don't really want to we don't not people don't wouldn't like to well people want to say people clients wouldn't like to sit down and say yeah let's go through this asset list this is good fun like that's not something people like to spend their time on but that's the thing that we're we're there to do for them so we take that element away from them i suppose and as Em mentioned, yeah, the best way to describe that, the whole work, uh, the conductor of the orchestra, that's what we do. So we're there, we find out, we do this capture, we sort of go through the managed services with them. We really offer the sort of different um, elements that we can do. Obviously, everything comes at uh, whether it's important to them, whether it's a priority or whether it's not. And then obviously we work that out and M sits closer to that, I suppose, in the in the transition world of things. So you'll probably give a better analogy of what I do, em, but I suppose from my point of view, that's where I see it.
1: Absolutely right there Joe. I think that when, when we're kind of talking around how do we actually take the feedback that we're hearing day in day out and turn it into something that's tangible for a client to consume and see value in it's about um, almost that continual service improvement or program that you might run with a client. So if they have a major incident and for some whatever reason, this this actually happened to me the other day, so I'm going to use this example, um, The one of the nodes on a server just kept going into like a hung state. It, we didn't know why, it just kept doing it every three or four hours or so. Um, you put in place a series of actions and you take steps following that to uncover the why, follow up and understand if there's anything corrective that we can do. And really, we're quite passionate about that process. So we do it as a wider business. So taking the feedback that we get from the service design phase, all the questions we might see come up in service transition, and then bring sh- and bring all of that feedback back so that for the next... Um, kind of organization going through the same set of challenges. And it is worth pointing out here that sometimes you're on the bleeding edge of tech. So there are going to be challenges and there are going to be things to work out. Um, we can ensure that they don't go through any of those same pain points. So it's really about taking everything that you've learned today and in the past and then just applying it up front or at least giving the client the opportunity to apply that up front so they don't have to risk downtime. And at the end of the day, a lot of what we're doing is around preventing downtime, preventing um, any issue for a business, so that they don't have to go through that experience. I mean, we all know that in our world today, downtime and delays mean, you know, a, a negative customer experience. And most companies would say, it's, well, at least most IT infrastructure managers and heads of department would say that you know, customer experience is one of their top three priorities.
2: I think you you hit an nail on the head there as well. I mean, in terms of like, as Nutilec, we're we're all about the um... The design transition and manage stages aren't we so it's all about as you mentioned there rob we capture it we did a design phase we then move into the transition phase and then we move into the manage phase and that's that's the journey we take you on in terms of the managed service at the tillic and that's the sort of the runbook, book if you will as to, to to how we get to our clients goals
0: yeah i'm with you and and i've i've seen the benefits of it in real life right i mean i know me and emma used to work Side by side on site with one of our one of our clients in Canary Wharf. So, um and it and it worked out really, really well, you know, when you can actually see and understand how the mechanics of a business works behind the scenes, not just sort of playing it back once a year, but you know, doing it on a regular basis, it really helps. So um what's your experience been in 2020 in terms of the the shift in people working and, and their approach to managed service? I mean, like I said, we're we're coming up to twelve months of being in this now it's a question that I pretty much ask all of our guests and it's interesting just to see the difference in responses. Some people are business as usual, quite easy to transition over. It was quite easy. Um, did you see anything change or have you seen any sort of change in attitudes and just sort of the typical way that people are approaching the way that they maintain and manage their infrastructure?
1: Absolutely. I think it, we talk around what's like to work in the managed service part, side of the business or part of a business. It's high pressure but rewarding and 2020 even 2021, you could argue for those of us in the uh, the UK or in the US, um, and is no less of that. So it was incredibly high pressure, particularly because a lot of our organisations, um, some were very well prepared for it and others weren't. And it was really one of those moments in time where you kind of realise that the importance of being prepared and having BCM plans in place because you can't afford downtime, you can't afford to not be connected with your workforce. So we, um, we took a lot of clients on that journey. Some of them were further ahead in it and others, as you've said, Rob, when the pandemic started to hit. And it was really interesting to see kind of that as a, in a unique position where you're acting into the extension of a client's IT team or um, tech services team there, how that actually worked out within their organisations. We had some people who were able to move to completely new systems very quickly because they had things in place to support that within their workforce and others who are still working out the kinks now about a year on.
2: Yeah, well, I'd say the same. I think in terms of, I mean, if you were to to spin it and say how have how have we coped as uh, service delivery managers working for Natilic? I think Natillic hit the ground running in terms of when when we, the minute we needed to work from home, we could do that, and that's what we wanted to take to our clients, and that's what we wanted to say. Look, we are business as usual. We we know that some of you guys may not be, but we are there. We're still here, no matter what happens. You guys can still call, uh, contact us, and I suppose that that obviously then shows the um, the importance of relationships that service delivery managers then have to then understand you then got that understanding you can like there's some clients where you can jump on the phone and say what's going on like you guys business as usual like how can how can we help in any way and i think that's the the service delivery manager of the uh the role is in, in terms of the managed service has been pivotal in terms of understanding where our clients are currently at in as you mentioned them not just 2020 but 2021 as well to uh to, to, to basically just be there throughout and and, and offer that whole sort of tele service that we always do and just make sure that they're getting that, um, that level of support that they expect from us all of the time.
1: Exactly, because no matter what organisational change you've been undergoing, support and particularly our world, because we sit within that managed service realm of Natillic, has continued business as usual if anything it's ramped up because people are now putting a lot more focus on support you know that you can't afford to have um, issues you can't afford to take some of the risks that you may have gotten away with if you had an entirely on-site workforce and for lots of organizations that was completely pivotal
0: yeah it's one of those rare occasions where i think everyone was almost learning how to do something for the first time together which is mm-hmm maybe even once in a generation, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, hopefully (laughs) hopefully we don't don't go see anything like this again. But um, yeah, I know I've I've referred to it a few times actually in a few other shows that we've had, but it was interesting. I think Mike put it really well. my dance and our CEO on the podcast that that I did with him, where he said, you know, it almost had a responsibility to try and support and help our clients through it. Um, and again, I think you guys were probably, again, a big part of that being on the front lines, um, with our, with our clients in trying to help them transition over into, um, again, this just new way of working. Right. So, um, and that well, using the word transition, I suppose that's quite a fitting segue into the, the the next section where I wanted to ask you guys about um maybe taking a step back a little bit more. Cause I know Emma, one of your responsibilities is service transition. I think that's one of the, the sort of the differences between your yours and Joe's day-to-day role. Um might be a bit of a an alien concept to some of our clients and listeners. So can you talk me through again what does that what does that do? Um can you paint a picture as to sort of why we've been getting a lot of love from clients around this, um sort of as of as of late certainly. I know there's some high profile projects that have, have certainly benefited from it. So um would you be able to talk a little bit about that for us? So
1: as Joe said earlier, we, we talk a lot around that process from design to transition to operation or go live. Um, depends what term you want to use and what section of the industry you are in. But for Natilic service transition is really around ensuring that all of the great work we've done in service design or the upfront phase where we're getting to know each other, asking all the questions is followed through. So if you're on a transformational project that can be almost becoming part of like the service eyes in a team. So I worked over one in 2020, it's funny that we were mentioning COVID and the pandemic earlier, um, where that was a massive challenge for them. I mean, it was a massive project team building a network and security out for a state-of-the-art warehouse, the size of seven Premier League football pitches. the internal team were slammed. There was a lot of um, work having to be put on people. And, you know, obviously the what we didn't know at that point really hit the building timelines as well as the tech timelines, but we were up against it and we all had to meet a certain deadline. However, we also know in where service transition comes into play within that project world, when you're building um, a completely new technology um, service out is that you have to ask the questions up front and you have to define things up front. Otherwise you'll get to day one, service will be activated, everything's switched on, and you won't have a plan for what happens when you need to make a change. There won't be a plan around how regularly you're upgrading your firmware. Um, Things like life cycle management, knowledge management, change management, these kind of sound as if they're all, you know, dry and cut processes, but they're very, very living things, especially in our world today. Um, Our systems now are built to change, not to last. And I mean, you only need to look at the fact that HMRC is taking up 80% of their IT budget. Um, on maintaining legacy systems to know that this can actually really quickly get into your business. The other kind of example is that service validation, so part of service transition is encouraging service validation. Um, everyone will remember, unfortunately, TSBs problem in April 2018 when they went live on a new system that had only been tested in one really isolated um, occurrence. So they didn't actually test any of their new systems in a whole data center. So when they had massive downtime and then following on from that, um, I think it was around 370 million worth of fines from the government, there wasn't much of a defense to it because they hadn't thought through the process around that and done service validation. So at a high level, service transition is really just around ensuring that we Get the outcomes you need from a service, um, check that you've got easy to follow process and procedures or that there's even any in place and ultimately all but the goal of realising the value in your investment, decreasing your delays and downtime because we know that interruptions without planning ends up having a negative customer experience and you're not going to be able to do business which is the whole focus of working with um, a partner like Natilic because we're focused on the o- overall client outcome.
2: Yeah I mean I suppose as you mentioned there Em in terms of the uh, the transitional phases you've got the as you talk about the the design the transition the manage phase i suppose i sit at the end of that chain where you see you see from the design so obviously you what you sit down with a client as we talk about this capture i mean we call it a managed services requirements capture which is a bit of a spiel itself so if you hear msrc uh, the jargon thrown in that's what we're talking about for any of the, the listeners that don't know what we're talking about Absolutely. that's what we that's what we're talking about there but we do that we sit down we do this capture then obviously, like Em said, you've got the transitional phase of things where you you just want it. You want the the transition from doing any sort of project into the the support world of Natilic to be seamless. You want that that there to a happy client is what we want at the end of the day. RMD in the, the commercial business in in Natilic is he he loves it. He loves it when we talk about happy clients. We just want our clients to be happy with the service that we offer. What we say we're going to deliver, we do deliver, and to then obviously go through the transitional phase into the the. Um, the managed phase where obviously that's the end that i sit at to, to have a transitional sdm in there is is pivotal i think because it just means it's seamless it just gets handed over there's no oh we've we haven't dealt with this section or we need to do if there's no sort of as em says disruption of service that's not what you want you just want your client to to enter in at the project phase move into the managed phase and just say wow wow that was a seamless process that's how it should be and hats off to it because i've never had that before because uh I'm not sure that many partners do do that. I may be uh, being biased because I work for Natillic, but that's something that we pride ourselves there on. There are no other
0: partners, Joe. There are no Definitely. other partners. We are the only one. So. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and when you think around that, that that's something that's often very underrated. So when you talk around the Natillic service transition, we ensure that we do a full welcome committee almost into our remote um, technical support team. So from day one, you would know exactly how to contact us, You know how to raise a change where to find all of your asset schedule and service information, um, fully understand the SLAs, KPIs and um, service level targets you're entitled to. And more than that, just know that there is a full client virtual team around you. So there's a lot of elements involved in the process, but the reason why we've gotten so much love from it is because it makes things really simple to understand. And sometimes it really prompts people internally to ask why, because often you can find that there's a gap and it's not out of anything other than it's just been historic and left over so by asking why you really get to the heart of the matter for the client for them to be able to take that internally as well yeah
2: i think it's that personal touch as well isn't it every every client likes to have that sort of that feeling of that love i suppose in a way i mean not or some people some clients may listen and say well hang on a minute but in terms of uh, the the sort of wow matilic have really thought about this is how we this is how it starts this is how we're transitioning in to get to our end goal and you get to the end and there you go there's your there's your global your, or should I say, your your global global support that you've been looking for, or the the end goal of your project, it's there. But we've been sort of handheld through the whole process. And there's there's sort of there's no, oh, I don't know what's going on here. It's you understand what's going on at every single part of the of the managed services journey, as you will, because it is a journey from the design to the transition to the managed. That's a journey we take you on.
1: And I think when we when we look at it as we were talking around earlier, some of the nitty-gritty stuff that no one really likes to do, it is really easy to put off. Um, we had another client who went through service transition an international financial services client actually they've got over 25 offices and they signed on with us in 2019 to a collab project so there was sort of an offhand mention during those first conversations that they really hated contract management um unfortunately contracts were a little bit all over the place because they'd moved partners due to a disappointing service and they just wanted a bit of assistance with cleaning that up yeah so they um they moved on from that original project with us from the work we were able to do in helping them clean those services up and make recommendations to now having one renewal every three years you know single consolidated contracts for each group of architecture and full control and visibility and to them that's transformational
0: always yeah again it's taken away that pain isn't it And i think that's probably something that's demonstrated in this this new era where we're constantly asking clients for feedback and constantly getting solid feedback and again if it's if it's not good we'll listen to it and we'll um, we'll make it better so and you guys are a huge part of that so um, that's great guys thank you very much for your time um, again that's just an insight into one part of our managed service um, the plan is to go around and speak to again everyone that makes the, the, the Natillic machine sing um, but for now Joe Emma thank you very much for your time thanks um, very
1: much for having us on thanks for having us Rob hopefully Liverpool
2: see uh, you better in the future
0: yeah that'll um that won't make it through to the final show, unfortunately, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to NatChat, the Natalic podcast. Please subscribe to the Natalic podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review while you're there. It really helps us improve and grow the show please note that opinions expressed on the natillic podcast are those of the hosts or our guests not the organizations that they represent you can find more information on natillic on our website that's natillic.com you can also find us on social media on twitter we're at natillic group as well as facebook and linkedin our theme music was provided by dan short who you can find at danza that's d-a-n-z-r on music streaming services this is rob thor and thanks again for listening